Hello, everybody. Welcome back to My Life as a Montage. It's the show where we talk about music and where it fits in our lives. I'm Keith Campbell, joined as ever by Ian Shaker. Ian, how are you today? I am awesome. Uh, I am a little tired, so if I yawn, that is uh, has nothing to do with your the quality of your talking, Keith. It's just because I'm tired. And if you yawn, the people won't hear it anyway because I will have edited it out. Ah, oh, man, that's true. We got we got to sound professional on this thing. <laughs> so ian what have you brought the good people for our seventh episode all right so for the seventh episode uh we're going deep into the vault for me uh and we are going to talk about the song love plus one by haircut 100 this was released in january of 1982 making it two months older than myself it entered the UK singles chart at number 36. It quickly moved up to number 12 within two weeks, and it eventually peaked at number three in the UK. It stayed in the top 40 for about 11 weeks. Uh, here in the States, it peaked at uh, 37th on the Billboard Hot 100, and it appears in the soundtrack for the movie Seven. Yes. Yeah. When I heard it in that movie, I, it brought it actually brought me back to the point that we're going to talk about later, which now is confused my whole memory of the, uh, of the experience. So, yeah. Uh, so Nick Hayward, the, the vocalist and guitarist for the band said, you know, he found out just as he was getting ready to see this film and he's sitting there going, I hope someone's not having their head hacked off to my song. <laughs> and then he was thrilled and he felt it was, you know, a nice little scene. And he, you know, he, he remembers like, yeah, this was a, kind of a throwback to him, like receiving some of his first royalty checks and like having come out of nowhere. And oh wow, okay, this is cool. This is gonna be somewhere else now. So yeah, you know, it's a it's the songwriter taking taking great honor in uh, in the inclusion. It's also a song that has appeared on Glee, so that takes it down a notch in uh, <laughs> history. But at least my kids know the song now. Yes. So the band itself is kind of an interesting. Uh, duck um it was formed by uh by hayward and les nemus the bass player they had gone through several really really uh fun um band names before they arrived at haircut 100 um they had previously been called rugby the boat party captain captain pennyworth and moving england before they finally did uh, built out their entire band and called themselves haircut 100 Nice. I, I, I was not aware of the uh, rotating name uh, system. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like all the, the, the list of um, names that Nirvana had before they actually like started playing shows as Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, I mean, nothing beats Mookie Blaylock instead of Pearl Jam, but mm. yeah. <laughs> I could uh, go with Captain Pennyworth, by I just want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good porn name. <laughs> Boat party would have probably um, caused uh, Vampire Weekend to sound a lot different because they would have gravitated toward that instead of Talking Heads. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, we've gone on a tangent now. Yeah, no, the the, the song itself is an odd duck. I was listening to it last night, um, and I'm convinced that the band are time travelers. <laughs> and my my reasoning is twofold. Uh, number one, I don't know if it's the mix that Spotify got. I don't know if somehow it got remastered on its way to um, streaming. I don't know if it's just that my headphones, which were like mid-level headphones, are actually like 
transforming the song, but the production sounded contemporary to me. Like the actual, the way that the, the music sounds, you know, you could have told me that it was recorded in 2018. I wouldn't have blinked an eye because there's nothing really dated as a track from 1982. It doesn't have, well, except for other elements, which we'll come to in a minute, but it doesn't have the, uh, the crushing reverb of an early 80s track. It, you know, the drums are fairly clean and dry. The guitars are not overly chorused, not overly reverbed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I was shocked uh, after listening to it to then look at, um, at, at the data, the data release and see that it was January 2. The other thing, the other reason I'm convinced these guys are time travelers is that for a song that was released in January of 1982, this sounded like a travelogue of the whole of 80s pop. There's like weird Buster Point X-Rex-esque marimbas in there in the, in the early parts of the song. There's the wandering sax that wafts in and out. There's you know, the, the, the aforementioned kind of like dry, not overly reverb, not overly chorus, but like cutting guitars. The bass playing wouldn't have sounded out of place on Let's Dance, which comes out a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really a, a an interesting slice of of music that you know I didn't expect when I hit play. I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't such a timeless and yet timed uh, track mm-hmm. as I heard. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, for me, it very much fits into uh, a group of acts that all came out of Britain at, at, around that time, that 81 to 83 period uh, with um, Bow Wow Wow, early, Banana, early Bananarama, Fun Boy 3, uh, that all kind of had, even like early-ish, uh, Duran Duran was kind of like this, where they had that kind of, uh, not heavy percussion, but offbeat percussion, that marimba that you're talking about. There, there, there was something more than just, you know, hi-hat and snare drum going along in the background. Right. But there also, but there also was clearly, uh, there also is t- clearly, and if you listen to any more of their music, there's also clearly a, uh, a two-tone ska, um, mm. influence on what they do too. Um, you know, it had, it has a, t- it has a, a a Caribbean tinge to it that it could, uh, could go with. And, and I think it also meshes with, uh, that kind of, they weren't the same as, but they were also held in the same grouping as, uh, some of the new romantics. Okay. Uh, so, you know, your ABCs and uh, book of, uh, early book of love. And, uh, mm. you know, again, that early Duran Duran stuff where there was just a lot going on there for, you know, they were a seven piece. Um, right. And so, you know, they had a lot more to play with a, a little bit like in a completely different vein, but in a little bit like squeeze did where they played a lot of different sounds as one band. Hmm. The, the band that also that kind of stuck in my mind as I was listening to this was um, XTC. Yeah. Early XTC before yeah. they became kind of super Beatles derivative. Right. Right. Like I, I was thinking, I was thinking of a, there's a, so Going back to like the theme of of last of our last episode and kind of playlists for the kids, um, you know, I was putting together a superhero playlist at one point. I came across XTC's uh, "That's Super Supergirl," and mm-hmm. you know that track was definitely you know right in the front of my mind as I was listening along to this. Yeah, yeah, and it very. I think you're I think you're spot on in saying it. Kind of has elements of it that get 
a lot of play throughout the eighties in different ways, mm. but is very much of that kind of 81, 82 before, uh, really before the super, the super groups and the super acts of the eighties kind of hit right. in 83 and 84. So this is also a band that, uh, you know, we, we had spoken a couple of weeks ago about uh, the beat failing mm-hmm. to be put, pulled together by the, the VH1 show, uh, Bands Reunited. Haircut 100 was actually successful in, in so doing. They, put, they played the gig at the end of the show. Um, and then they kind of disappeared and then did the time-honored thing of looking each other up on Facebook and going, oh, hey, yeah, you're still around, and getting back together with their exes. Love it. So they ended Love up uh, playing for another, like, five years from mm-hmm. 2009 to 2014 as well. Yeah, they played, uh, it wasn't Coachella one of the years that, that I went. It, they actually played like Bonnaroo one yeah. year as, as kind of the, uh, as kind of the, hey, look at the band that came back from 80s Britpop, you know. Uh, they Every year seemed to have one at the big festivals and Haircut 100 was one of them. Hmm. The lyrics are a little strange too. There's a, there's a lot of um, there, there's a lot of worry about the lake. <laughs> yeah, it, I, you know, to, I, to be honest, I had to go looking up the I had to go looking up the lyrics again because I had not. I hear the song occasionally on yeah. first on first wave on Sirius XM, okay. and uh, and I had forgotten just uh, how kind of <laughs> nonsensical parts of it. Yeah, are. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, ring and a ring and a ring and a ring. La 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 plus one. Yes. Yeah, I mean that that is lyric, especially as we hear this on the day that the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class is announced yeah. today earlier today. You know, I mean Carol King, Haircut 100, both just lyrical <laughs> geniuses. <laughs> Although I will say I am super glad that uh, the Go-Go's are getting into Mm. a much more seminal band than I think they'll ever get credit for. Yeah. And the the one, the one bit that that kind of absurdity takes from that actually would have been contemporary would have come out beforehand is um, Tom Tom club. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if there's some, there was some like listening to that and kind of not, active but like passive influence there yeah uh, a little dexy's midnight runners too mm. where they're just they're just having fun you know they uh which uh, i will mention uh which actually leads to what we're going to talk about with uh where this fits all right well, i think that's a perfect segue ian where hey, does look- this fit in your montage so this uh haircut 100's love plus one is the first saw is the first video I ever saw on MTV. Oh. Uh, (laughs) So I did not have cable as a kid. I was eight when the song came out about to turn nine. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I I had seen a few music videos on kind of, uh, you know, locally produced shows and stuff like that. But uh, I had not seen MTV yet. And so this was, this song came out four months, uh, four and a half months after MTV launched. uh, And they had a fairly small 
playlist at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you had a video, you got on and you got on a lot. And so uh, I saw it when we got together uh, at my grandmother's house for huh. uh, for Easter, uh, which was in March that year. It was er- it was earlyish, okay. and so. My grandmother, my Mexican grandmother, who barely speaks English, who barely spoke English, uh, we had all gone over to her house for the annual giant Mexican family gathering. And my and my older cousins, who also didn't have cable, we all knew that Nana Munji had cable. And so when they got there, the first thing that they did was tune into MTV. And so as we all got there, uh, we wa- we watched MTV and we're just amazed by how awesome it was that we could watch the music on our TV. <laughs> and the first and the first video that I walked into was Haircut 100's uh, Love, Love, Love Plus One, which if you haven't seen the video now, you have to go check it out. It is just an absurdist jungle scene. Uh, with uh, the some of the band members uh, swinging on vines and some of them in you know uh, barely covered and uh, the the saxophone guy you know it, it, it's completely absurdist but it was awesome and I will <laughs> literally never forget that moment so there awesome. we go yeah very very cool. Yeah, it, what was a? Do you remember the first time you watched MTV? Oh man, because you're just I mean, young enough that it was like in the zeitgeist more by yeah, the time you were yeah. that age. I feel like one of the first videos that I remember, and this might not be in the first one I saw, but definitely the first one that made an impression on me was wasn't even the groundbreaking video. It was a parody of a groundbreaking video. It was Weird Al's Fat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the fact that a Weird Al video was the first was the first one that really made a difference to you is kind of awesome. I still remember like a whole list of the ones that we saw that afternoon. Oh, cool. um, yeah. So you know, we saw uh, New Year's Day by U two, uh, okay. Iran by Flock of Seagulls. Uh, the 38 specials hold on loosely. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Ario, uh, little Ario speed wagon. There was an air supply song in there. Uh, you know, because Creme de la Creme. Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> cause that's what MTV had in 1982 was, yeah. uh, whatever they could get. And it was before the little era where, uh, Joe Jackson's, uh, stepping out was on literally 35 times a day. <laughs> uh, I remember yeah. the first summer that I remember having uh, like VH1 in the stream. It ended up like that was that was the year that was the summer of um, Tom Cochran's Life Is a Highway playing like every five minutes. <laughs> god. Oh my god! Uh, sun drenched visuals and standing yes. by roads and bad Route 66 imagery. I will say the Family Guy version of Tom Cochran's uh, "Life Is a Highway" video with Brian and Stewie. Now that one I can watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, which is worse, the Tom Cochran version or the Rascal Flatts version from Cars? Uh, 
they're just both so bad. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not good. They're not like good. They're not like he. She drives me crazy, but you know mm. they're bad. So anyway, uh, haircut one hundred. I they're actually a fun band. If you don't, if you haven't listened to them, listen to the rest of that album. Uh, there's a song called Fantastic Shirts. Uh, that yes. was actually the single that came out before, uh, which if you listen to like old eighties, new wave, uh, you might know as boy meets girl. It's great. Great song. Again, a lot of percussion, hmm. uh, very, very bow wow wow. Uh, and go from there. Yeah. There, there, there's a bit that makes me wonder if their albums might've been in, uh, Damon Albarn's crate. When he was I, starting I, to blur out. I would definitely, I could definitely see that. And you even hear a little bit in, uh, you can even hear a little bit in uh, Gorillas as he goes forward too, when it mm. stops being a little less hip hop and a lot, you know, and a little more, a uh, little yeah. more nuanced yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, e- so, even, no, even I, one, even the song they did with Black Grape, which has a hilarious story attached to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> love Black Grape. We'll talk about Black Grape on another episode because I do, I, I do have a Happy Mondays Black Grape uh, song in my montage. So awesome. Very cool. Well, we're looking forward to that. And Ian, thank you for sharing this. Uh, it's a breezy one, but a fun one. Um, yeah. So thank you. And to everybody, thank you for listening. And may all your montages play to sunlight. Thank you for listening to My Life is a Montage. I've been Keith Campbell, joined by Ian Shaker here. Our intro and interstitial music has been Funny Animals by Crowander, who was found on freemusicarchive.org and is being used under Creative Commons. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.